0: All right, Matt. Well, you know, you and I have not been on since I saw this article. So I wanted to save it until uh, we had a time to just chat about it. So there was a a news article a few weeks ago. It said, quote, a man returning from Indonesia to Australia was fined thousands of Australian dollars after airport security found several McDonald's food items in his luggage. So I just want to, like, open it up to, like, Matt. Can you explain McDonald's in Australia? (laughs) And and is and why would someone try to be try to smuggle in McDonald's from Indonesia and Australia? Explain,
1: explain it for me. So they have McDonald's here. It's it's very popular. Uh they call it Maccas, you know, M-A-C-C-A-S. So if you ever hear uh Aussies talking about Maccas, um, which you know we were talking about last night. Uh Seems silly, but you know, you have Americans calling McDonald's Mickey D's, so whatever. Um But the, it, yeah, yes to be clear, like is the official name McDonald's
0: and the yes, nickname is the official is name Maccas? is McDonald's. And okay, so we would still see Maccas. the golden arches in McDonald's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. if we were there. Okay. But people would just say you, we're going you to might
1: Maccas. actually occasionally see Maccas in print and official stuff though. That's what's nuts.
0: Okay. So step so, one, so, it's yeah. got another nickname. Again, not the biggest problem in the world. What about the menu?
1: <laughs> well uh the menu uh they do have they do have some stuff that's not probably on your american menu they have uh i think it's called the mcdonald's cafe uh so they have a, a full coffee menu with okay, you know kinds of menu. stuff you'd see in a coffee shop so they've got some muffins and you know flat whites espressos you know long blacks um yeah they, they that that whole sp- Part of the menu, I'm pretty sure doesn't exist in the US. Because, okay, because you know, when you come to Australia, you gotta up your coffee game. Starbucks. That's right. As
0: we've discussed on previous episodes, don't bring yes. don't bring your Starbucks to uh yeah, to Australia. To, to I mean, what about fight. the food yeah. though? When we think of McDonald's, we don't really think I mean, yes, there's good coffee, but like I mean, do we have an egg McMuffin? Do we uh, have hash browns?
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Okay. Um I I think I've been there twice. Um my my oldest likes he likes Maccas. Uh, now that he's off at college, uh, you know, c- you know, commuting to un to, 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 not to college, to university, to uni college here is high school. So whatever. Okay. Um, now that he's, you know, getting to uh, do some commute on the bus and train, he uh, feeds himself. And a lot of times it's Maccas or a uh, subway, uh, which are both kind of gross, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I think the food's mostly the same. they Okay, so like Big uh, Mac? Is there a Big Mac? Yeah, Mac? yeah, yeah. Definitely a Big okay, Mac. Okay, what about Ronald
0: McDonald? Has the clown made it over there or is that like out of, I don't know, is that like not
1: culturally appropriate? You could probably tone or that stuff down. I don't recall seeing like the hamburglar or, okay. uh, I mean, in uh, fairness, I know, feel like that's more tone down here too. It's not, that's, that's sort of, I think that's kind of been phased out.
0: That's maybe more yeah. our childhood. Okay. Yeah, milkshakes but, but
1: though? Yeah, they're not very good. Uh so Australian milkshakes... As in
0: they're not good because they're different or not good, period, because I mean, you don't like McDonald's milkshake. And I listen, I love they're McDonald's different. milkshake. They are different. I take it. I take one right yeah. now. I'm getting a little hungry. Yeah, no, no. So so
1: this. when you get yourself a milkshake in the US, uh you usually it's it's pretty thick and you know, you have to you have to, you know, suck on the straw pretty hard to to get it coming up. Um, milkshakes here are generally heavier on the milk. And so mm-hmm. it's like I've, I mean, I don't order them usually myself. My kids do. And so a lot of times it's like you shake it around and it's like you've got a little bit of ice float, you know, a little bit of ice cream floating in a milky drink as opposed to like I, when I go on a milkshake. I want to be able to like turn it upside down and it's, you know, stays in place. Um, and here You're they like call queen that, style. You're like a glass yeah, yeah, person, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They, sure. they call that a thick shake. So the milkshakes here are very milky, liquidy. And McDonald's has gone down that path. Because that's what the locals like. All right. Can and... you report
0: anything on the French fries? Because that's pretty much what I think. Delicious McDonald's... as always. Okay. Yeah. So that I, has that's not McDonald's,
1: been... you know, That's McDonald's. Yeah. That's what they're. It's a piece de resistance of
0: McDonald's. Yes. Right. It's the French so, fries. So
1: anyway. But that all that said, uh, there's no reason to bring macas into this country uh, and try to get it through border control. Because Because okay. um, right now, uh, Australia does not have, they don't have rabies and they don't have hoof and mouth disease and that's what they're afraid of is indonesia is currently kind of overrun with hoof and mouth disease to the point where they've talked about stopping all travel from indonesia because you're talking about a 50 i think i saw it listed as a 59 billion dollar industry the beef industry and so if you bring that in here you're you know it you know 1800 hundred dollar fine sounds excessive but it's because you're threatening a, you know, multi-billion dollar industry um, with, you know, a disease that they don't have. And so that's why it's so strict. You know, the Australian border control is, you know, really strict about, you know, fruits, nuts, meat. Um, you know, they they don't mess around. So one of – in the software-defined talks,
0: like somebody said that they – I guess they flew there. And like, I think they just had some snacks like Cliff Bar – Uh, like a banana anyway they 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 were over they were kind of i think not because of this article but i think they just heard that so they just threw it all out because as soon as they get there is that how it works so like when you fly over if you have some like leftover snacks you just like toss them well i mean you
1: know when you're on the plane they're telling you they're telling you do not bring anything from the plane through you know eat eat your nuts eat your granola bars you know what eat eat your your food yeah eat your food do not think you're gonna you know eat the apple while you're waiting in customs you know just don't mess around um so generally, you know, my kids are like, "Oh, can you bring us back some goldfish or you know things that they don't no. have?" I'm like, "Nope." The answer you is know? no. The I'll bring back candy, you know, so heavily processed foods maybe, but I wouldn't touch anything with like nuts in it. So no granola bars, um, definitely no uh, burgers, um, no produce. You know, they they go pretty pretty nuts for that stuff. So and some of I, it's even interstate. You know,
0: like one I, uh, four, of, of course, course, you know. I think now pre-pandemic, it was probably a little bit more crazy when I think about it. But now post-pandemic, I think I have a different view on this. Now, having said all that, I would uh, maybe propose this. It's like, I get it, I get the rules on Australia. When I go, I will not bring any food in there. Uh, what I'd like to propose uh, in um, as an, another thing that Australians can do for us is like, could everyone stop bringing Vegemite to the United States? It's not that we have a problem <laughs> with it. It's not that it's going to cause any type of... Uh, hoof and mouth issue. It's just bad. We don't need that. We just like, we just please keep that in Australia. It's very bitter, very salty. And we have peanut butter. We like peanut butter. So Matt, could you take that to the Australian government uh, and see I, if I you can. could, uh, it's like, listen, if we have to live by your rules, just don't bring this ve- Vegemite into the country.
1: What do you think? Um, You, you could try it. I, I, I don't think, I, I don't think most Americans have Vegemite on their radar, so they're not too worried about it. Um. I'm worried on. I'm worried on behalf of all Americans. On behalf of uh, all Americans, you know what I'm worried I, about. I is, is... As you know, I work
0: for someone from not technically from Australia, New Zealand, which is like the same thing. Which of course everybody knows that's not true. <laughs> so, uh, but they still like they. He brought some veggie over and we tried it and I was like,
1: this is awful. Like this is like yeah. this is. Did, the you, best did you, you get have. a big, big, thick amount of it? Yeah, that's the. Key. I think we just spread go it, it on there because
0: right he, he described it like as peanut butter, so we put it on some bread, and I was like, it's not like
1: it's not a butter, hotter It like
0: just tastes bad. It's just super bitter, right? It's like everything, uh, it's, probably it's everything like pure outside Omani. of America, yeah. right? Where it's like doesn't have that like sweetness. You know what I did America. notice though
1: when when I was in uh, when I was in the U.S. Uh, last month, everything tasted super sweet. There's so much sugar in everything. Like yeah. you don't really realize it, I guess, but like everything just. Oh,
0: you realize that when you go somewhere else, man, and you drink, yeah, uh, that, that dark chocolate in Europe, the Vegemite in Australia, you're like, like, you're like, I miss it. I miss the the sugar. You miss the, this is the over. Well, I think I, it's met, the I miss the store. milk shot, uh, the milk chocolate and the peanut butter that's really just sugar. It's like, oh, it's yeah. so good. It's like so, if I'm gonna have it, that's so what sugary. I want.
1: Even the bread. Yeah. Mm. All
0: right. Well, I'm glad. So I think, in summary, we can say the following is that. Um, No need to smuggle McDonald's in. I don't know what this gentleman was thinking, right? You just go to, just find Australia and just go to McDonald's. That's it. Go to Macca's. Go to Macca's. There's there's nothing complicated. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, Matt, I appreciate you educating me, the listeners, and all of us on the important developments in Australia. So uh, that's been excellent. Now, kind of jumping into some tech news here, Matt. So Acorn uh, launched uh, a while back. And so this is a new company from uh, really some alumni from cloud.com and uh, rancher. And actually Correct. we had one of uh, the uh, people on uh, Shannon, we did an interview with him way back when he was at rancher still. And I was thinking about, and um, oh, we should just talk about Acorn because it's, it's sort of a, an area that I think we talk about a lot in a lot of new startups here, but I think we got to th- talk about it in two ways. Like one to find what it is. And then two, maybe we should kind of like, we'll play like uh, industry analyst here a little bit. Like this brand new company has started maybe we can give some insights into like what would make it successful or maybe what would make it not so successful. So do you want to set the stage? Do
1: you want to give us kind of the elevator pitch as you understand it? What exactly okay. is Acorn? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Acorn is an application uh, framework for uh, building and packaging uh, your application. And, uh, and then, you know, of course, running it in production. And this is uh this is a crowded space. Yeah, you know, there have been a lot of uh a lot of folks have tilted at that windmill and uh <laughs> um including some of my you know, one of my former employers. But uh you know, I, I think my my quick take on it is it will probably pick up some traction because these guys have a good uh history. You know, people trust them for understanding the space and trying to do right by you know, what they understand and what's happening. And, you know, they're building on a lot of existing ideas and, and things that have rolled out before. So um yeah, it, it's pretty interesting to me at least.
0: All right. So a couple things to dive in here. So they have a nice post and I'll link to it here that kind of explains at least their view of why they feel like there's a need for Acorn. And I think it's, it is to your point, like, I think it's something that it's almost kind of just stating the obvious at this point, right? It says, quote, unquote, the core concepts in Kubernetes are raw and essentially infrastructure oriented. So this feels like just another version of it's too complicated for developers. <laughs> this is, this right? is where Kote where is
1: like, I thought it already did that.
0: Right. And that's where Kote, that's exactly what I was thinking. This Kote would say that. And then um, this is what Kote would also talk about. It's like, well, Kubernetes is a platform for building platforms. So, so that has been out there a, a ton. Right. And so it seems like I'm going to just distill down what I think they're trying to do in one sentence, kind of taken from their thing is that an Acorn image is different from a Docker image as it contains multiple Docker images plus application metadata. So it's basically at the essence here, it's like Docker is too complicated or as it exists. So to make it simpler, we're going to have this new package format that puts together the images and and um, when they say metadata, I, now this is me edit, editorializing here and saying that, like,
1: they mean, like, all
0: the things you need to run the app, right? Well, and, so, and,
1: and, and what went mm-hmm. into it, too. So if you're thinking from the security aspects, you know, hopefully a little uh, visibility into where this thing came from and how it was built. Exactly. So that's that's all part of it. And so
0: immediately when I was reading this, um, I thought of a Helm chart. And, like, did
1: you, like, I don't know, is that what popped into your head? or Well, is that, but, but or a is Helm chart... It immediately-
0: you why
1: it's not a helm chart okay yeah i mean uh my understanding is you could actually embed a helm chart into acorn um so Acorn's going to wrap it up and build a package uh where a helm chart is more along the lines of here's where you go to get your stuff and we'll take you know a, a, a yaml file of, of all the the settings that you want to feed into you know the the helm chart as it deploys so um, it's, it's more than just a helm chart. And, and I actually, I think one of the things we also need to, to point out is like, this is just for Kubernetes. You know, there, there's no other, you know, there's no other operating systems. There's no other you know platforms. This is a, a Kubernetes thing. Um, but well, the uh, right there. I think that's a good thing, though. Like I think they're trying to narrow the
0: field and just like I, I look at that as like makes sense to me. That's your problem yeah. domain. I don't know, but what do you think? You're kind of making it seem like, well, maybe they should well, do I, I mean, they're, are you they're kind the of prob- like inching up to Terraform a little bit there when you're talking well, about that. You've, like, also, what you you got,
1: you, you've you've got um HashiCorp with uh uh oh, shoot, nah, I brought up HashiCorp. Um what's the name of the thing? Outpost? Uh now I got it. Waypoint. So Waypoint is their package ma- application deployment for you know it's it's for Kubernetes of course, uh, but you know it runs on Nomad at least. <laughs> okay. And uh, but but the point is it's you know uh, building and packaging and deploying as well. So I, you know this neither one of them is is new to this space. Uh, both of them are are learning from kind of the perceived limitations of Helm. Um, and, you know, as you go, you know, as you start to look in, into the the general landscape, you see things like, well, Microsoft threw out the, the CNAB project, which was an application mm-hmm. packaging building thing. Um, you know, my my former employer, Chef, they rolled out uh, Habitat. Um, right. And Habitat was. All right. So we should have uh, a pause here. Let's, how many competitors have
0: you named now? <laughs> so Habitat, I guess Habitat sort of came and went, right? It's like it's out there. You it's named the still Microsoft around, one, but I think you just dead. Um, you just named uh, what was the one you were just talking about before C-Nap? from HashiCorp. C- okay, so uh, we,
1: Waypoint. Yeah. Okay, so so we're like four, so
0: at a minimum, like how many? If we had a ballpark, it how many? If I just said you, Matt, give me a ballpark. How many competing initiatives do you think there are for this?
1: Oh, I, I you know, and then you get eight, into like five,
0: eight, ten. Like, would well, we even throw like Tanzu and OpenShift,
1: well, or is that really kind of getting I, I too think, complicated? Think, different. Yeah, I think there's some. Um, I don't think they're Tanzu projects, but there's some Helm alternatives that are uh or extensions to Helm that you know the some of the um at least uh former um Tanzu Kubernetes folks were were really into. Um I don't think you know, I don't think we're we're getting into like the land of service meshes. Uh, you know, somebody in the channel was asking about Istio, but um yeah, there's just okay. There's let's just so say many there's so many things there in
0: the world of packaging. Let's just call it like broadly, like in packaging. There's somewhere between I don't know three and ten competitors, depending on how how we want to narrow it down, right? And then I just want to read this this paragraph to you, man. I want to get your reaction to it because I think this is maybe a little bit of a masterclass in like defining your problem. So uh, an Acorn image is different from a Docker image as it contains multiple Docker images. Uh, plus application metadata so i read that before so here's the part that i want your comment on an acorn image is different from a helm chart in that an acorn image can only define resources needed for an application and does not have the ability to do insecure or dangerous things like create privileged containers or gain access to the cluster cluster also the acorn image is fundamentally abstracted away from kubernetes so let's pause for a minute here like is that the classic taking the uh, strengths of uh, technology and using and saying it's the weaknesses? Well, I mean, maybe sometimes you want to do that, right? Or is that always, do you think that's fundamentally, do you agree with the premise? Those are fundamentally bad things and Helm shouldn't even be able to do them. I,
1: I think they probably are coming from, from, the experiences they had at rancher and some of the rancher packaging semantics of, you know, getting things uh, deployed into edge cases and helping people um, get applications out to these. I'm saying there's probably a valid, I think you can say it
0: this way. Like what they're kind of saying is like like they're, I, I think we can read into this. Their experience is like, if you give people this power, They'll probably it, use it wrongly and they'll yeah. make make, make some security it, it, and not necessarily
1: right? not necessarily use it wrong intentionally it, right, there's right. a so- lot of yeah. So you're kind of putting things. some guardrails
0: I mean, on, right, to make it yeah. simpler. All right, and so the final comment here, the final part of the read here, is and they say, and finally, it's different because it's simple and fun to build. So that's always fun. To, that's that's fun to read for me. It's like, well, it's simple. Like, simple for who is always the question. It's like because I bet you. It's still and and, and how do you really
1: define fun? I mean, come on. Yeah,
0: fun to build <laughs> is another one. So I don't know. It's a little tongue in cheek. It's a blog post. I don't think we have to like maybe overread it, but it's it was it's just interesting to to look at it. So I think we've done the the immediate like old man yells at cloud so like i think always well, when i look at these things we should start with like okay there is a lot of competition none of that has necessarily broken out and solved the problem in a way that we all feel like oh it's done like everyone uses helm charts it's just like it's off so so now and i and i was going to use the analogy of when i first saw datadog i was like yeah you know it's sort of like we already have this it already works on a lot of different things right but then of course datadog went on to be extremely successful you know we're 30 billion dollars so as we look ahead and we think about acorn for a second, like what would it need to happen for this to become, if you will, like a data dog like success um going forward?
1: <laughs> well, you know ideally for them they're gonna be uh you know people will will talk about them in the same hush tones they use for heroku uh that that's that's success because um <sighs> It's such a crowded space that uh, they're going to need to break out somehow, and and I think, and I actually think, you know, I'm I'm seeing traction, I'm seeing people talk about them, that they're kicking the tires and using it, and given these guys' history of you know what they did with Rancher and K3s and and all that stuff, they'll they'll be pretty flexible. You know, the the key is like, they did not put out a finished product; uh, they put out you know probably a seventy five percent of the way kind of thing where it's usable today and you know, they've got a roadmap it's public, it's, you know, very open source friendly. So they're going to take it where the market is. And so I think it will be more successful than some of the other alternatives out there uh, just based off track record Um, commercially though, that's a different discussion. Like, I don't know, you know, I, I think probably commercially there's a plan to, you know, host this stuff and do builds and, you know, that I don't know I don't know what the financials look like for the other folks who have you know done hosted build platforms and you know does that actually work and pay off uh, you know you you've seen Docker, you know start charging for all the free stuff um, or you know trying to limit some of that stuff uh, other people who are in that space like Bitnami, they got bought up um so I, I don't know yeah but yeah, I'm, so uh, I... I'm willing to kick the tires and try it though. yeah that's well, the, I mean, that's I think the key we're...
0: I think, you know, it is interesting because I kind of feel the same. It's like, well, they're smart people. They've done similar things before, right? So I think that's obviously going to make a uh, venture capitalist extremely, you know, feel comfortable. Like, you know, if you will, they know how to operate I and mean, execute. We work, worked out
1: so well, I'm ready to give you $375 million. <laughs> That's
0: right. But, I, you know, I do think, you know, and I think the playbook here is really well known, right? They're, like you, you even said it, it's, it's not all done. They're going to develop it in the open. I'm sure they'll be interviewing a lot of customers and trying to find you know, early adopters and they'll be very open to like adding features and functionality um and and that definitely can lead to success i think to some degree you would say that's sort of like what led to a lot of rancher success now i think for the mega success though like i kind of feel like you got to come out real opinionated and and feel and hit that opinion has to kind of hit the mainstream right it's like it's kind of like i would say with like a song right it's like you don't like want to write a song in in the open and like share it and like, you know, get people's feedback. It's like, you ones. want to release yeah. a song that people are like, love it, you know, can't, you know, and, and, and how to write a great hit song is, is its own mystery. Right. I don't, so people I don't can't think do that's it.
1: the playbook they're following though. I, I think, no, I agree. I but I was just guys, thinking, you know, that, Rancher wasn't that way. I think, um, I think they look at, you know, what they did with Rancher. I think they probably look at Hashi and they're like, you know what, Hashi generally doesn't show up with a lot of real strong opinions. You know, uh, the, the, what, what do we call it? The, uh, the janitor business model, right? You know, they're going <laughs> to, they're going to let you like build some horrible mess and then they'll come in and try to help you clean it up. Um, right. and that's, that's perfectly valid. I, you know, I may, I don't know, did they say if these guys have taken a bunch of VC or not, maybe they don't need it. You yeah. Know, maybe they know, they're, friends, a they're definitely taking some. And I think you're right. And I think they're the, the playbook, I think to your point is,
0: you know, and again, like we should all be so, you know, troubled with That's like, right. well, maybe I can only sell it for several hundreds of millions of dollars or maybe a billion, right? Or something now right. versus like trying to be the next data dog, which is like another 30, 60 billion dollars. And I don't know, you could you could mm-hmm. even say, did you know, I feel like data dog, I don't know if they would say this, but I feel like they had this explicit kind of opinionated, let's just make it simple and put it on SaaS, right? Whereas I think a lot of other companies... We're sort of making monitoring. And listen, I've worked at some of them. We're kind of make it more complicated than it was, right? It was like, well, we've all moved on from that. Now we need to do this other thing, whereas they kind of came in and just uh, did it real simple. So I don't know. I feel like maybe that was an opinionated approach. People can debate that. Uh, I just think, though, if you wanted it to hit and be huge, then I think you kind of come out of gates being like, this is the way to do it. And, and, and this is the only way to do it. And then you have the, the lion's uh, share of people doing this agree with you right? That's what you, that's, that's the dream, if you will,
1: to become the, the $30 billion company. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, these guys aren't going to be pushing a strong opinion, but there are, there are other projects out there that have tried to push it. I think, uh, if you look at like Dagger uh, from Solomon Hikes, his new, uh, his new company, aren't they fairly opinionated about CICD stuff? And they're trying to to, to push that in. And it, you know, it's got, they're not using YAML, they're, they're moving into, you know, uh, some, uh, some, some, you know, it's a fairly opinionated set of of kit compared to some of the the previous work that they, they had done. At least that's what it looks like to me. Um, right. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll get some good examples out of this. You know, we'll see, uh, maybe next year we'll see, well, you know, how's dagger doing? How's, uh, acorn doing? Um, I mean, they're not they're not direct competitors, but, you know, they're yeah. somewhere. Well, to...
0: the other thing that's here, I think, is the thing that is easy to say, hard to judge, right, is just how easy it is to use. Because that's really going to, if you will, um, determine how quickly it spreads, right? And now, I, you know, just a quick anecdote from uh, la- last night. I was over, I went over to the Cloud Austin. Um, they did kind of like uh, a little meetup, and it was a bunch of five-minute talks, and it was good. There was all kinds of different talks out there. And one of them was uh, someone got up and did uh, their experience with AWS uh, is EKS, right? And so like when I talk about these things, um, I'm always like, you know, EKS or Azure Kubernetes service, like, you know, you just kind of like lump them all together or Google GKS. And, and I kind of lump them all together. Like, yeah, they're all pretty much the same. They can do it. But like, I don't like I haven't spent hours in each one of them And his talk kind of just eviscerated EKS, right? And I was like, wow, this is like, I mean, there were some people on Amazon they were like, we need to talk because he just went through like, and it was sort of like, here's everything I had to do to get it to work. And he wasn't like, it, he did it in the spirit of sharing information, but it came across of like, after, at the end of this, you're like, oh, I'm not sure I want to start that because he had like, he had listed all these things you had to do to get it work. I don't even remember it all. It was so many things, and I was just like, "Wow, that's it's obviously a lot more complicated than I like make it sound like when I talk about it." And so, kind of back to like that to Acorn here, it's like, you know, what you want is someone to walk in and be like, "And you know, I tried a bunch of other stuff, but I did this Acorn thing, and it's unbelievable. Like it, it, it worked yeah. within five minutes, and everything." Um, and I think that's the hard thing around just saying it simple versus like having people experience and start talking about it.
1: So we'll just have to see if, if it really yeah. is that that way going forward. I mean, it would be good if, if, you know, either we knew someone or, uh, you know, someone gave a talk that they're like, I've tried all the competitors that I just rattled off and they are like, here's a bake off of them. And, you know, pros and cons that would be, that'd be wonderful. I'd love, I would, I would go to that talk in, in a second. And, uh, yeah, you know, because that's the sort of that's the sort of a, a experience that uh, everyone actually needs. I mean, there's there's so many, like I said, th- there's so many different ways to deploy applications. How do you pick one? And yeah. to me, it's like, I guess I'm picking one based off these guys' history. You know, but maybe if I was all up in the the HashiCorp ecosystem, I'd be like, hey, Waypoint. You know, it might not be great today, but you know, they're going to stick with it. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna keep it running. Um, you know. Uh, people made choice you know people chose habitat for that reason they're like you know hey we trusted chef um so you know we'll we'll see how it rolls out uh eager eager to hear how I like it goes. though
0: we do need like a, a day to a day to bake off of like okay i tried all these things i got beyond the hello world application and i you know i sat down and i tried five of them and here's what i like here's well, what really and, worked and, and and it needs to be an actual work.
1: operator right it needs to yeah. be somebody who uses these things day to day and and like your example of the uh the Kubernetes guys, like, you know, Hey, if somebody uses something in anger or especially if they've used multiple <laughs> platforms in anger, they're going to know a lot more. I mean, one of the you know perks of my, my job is like, I have a really, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the like warts of billing engines for the different cloud providers. You know, they, they all behave differently. And you know, that's, that's something that like, you know, months mu- you know two months ago or whatever when I started the job I was like I had no idea, I was just like bills come in, and now it's like, oh you know you sweet summer child that you know bills do not just come in um it's right. it's complicated let me
0: show you how it really works yeah,
1: I mean it's like oh, every cloud has its own sausage, right yeah no I, I think you're right, and I think it
0: is it will be interesting, so we will uh keep an eye on Acorn. and what I want to see is because um, I think we talked about Cloudflare a couple of weeks ago and one of the reasons I caught my attention was the software-defined talk Slack where people were just posting like, hey, this is what happened, right? That's kind of like, and it's sort of like obviously it would be great if everyone joined the software-defined talk Slack and you know added those comments, but whatever. You're going to find these things at the meetups or in the Slacks, right? Where people are like, hey, I did this and it's actually really good, right? Or like we tried it and it was like, it was a lot easier than we thought before. So that's, I guess that's kind of the early warning signal that something's getting big. Like that's where I always thought where Docker... Where Docker slowly sort of like, it sort of like showed up in all the slacks and at the meetups. And then it was like, boom, everyone was talking about it. Right. So I guess uh, we'll see. We'll see if uh, we will do it. So, so I think our official position is, uh, you know, like any good vert- venture capitalist, we're going to like, we're going to wait and see. You know, we'll wait and yeah. see. We'll, and uh, later, if it's going to be a huge success, we'll ask to invest then. That's what, we're, that's what we are want to do. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, Matt, well, if you are someone um, that maybe wants to use Acorn, uh, and you need to automate other things, it looks like we got a new research report out about the uh, 25 most popular programming languages used by DevOps pros. So I think, you know, kind of not, well, I shouldn't That let me ask you. It's like the big like, change at the top is uh, JavaScript, which has been number one in this report for the last couple of years. Uh, and I should also say that this report is sponsored by uh, CircleCI, circle CI and it's posted over on the news stack um so it's and I, I guess the way that they do it is that they i'm like i won't bore you you cannot read it they basically analyze like all the millions of uh things they have going on at circle ci and that's how they come up with this data so it's a pretty representative sample i think of probably what people are doing so change at the top is javascript uh dethroned is number one uh and replaced by typescript so i guess i don't know my media take is like <laughs> oh, that's kind of the same but then yeah. maybe, maybe it isn't. Like, what's your take? Is that like a big deal? What, what, I, what are your thoughts?
1: I, I mean, you know, if you look over the, the last few years, you know, TypeScript's been working its way up the charts, but it's kind of like, eh, you know, that that's, it's, still javascript at the end of the day
0: (laughs) i don't know but are we overlooking like static typing like static type, i guess because to me it's like oh yeah static typing is good that is like my no i i
1: i I think there has been a renaissance of you know static typing i mean i i say this as a uh, ruby lover and uh you know former pythonista um you know static typing solves a lot of problems uh you know there's that's the reason you know people kind of latched on to go and uh you know TypeScript is definitely carrying that that flag. Um, I think uh, you know it just there are whole classes of, of issues that don't really pop up if uh, if you have that.
0: Well, I just tell me like what is the uh, what are the the cool kid developers uh, where do they stand? <laughs> You're like? Because the wrong I person. <laughs> I come from like no because I was trying to think like I my background was like the C. Uh, c++ java like I, I've always thought static typing is the way like i've and then there was you know but then the i remember back you know this is like a long time ago like the small talk people were like no everything's an object you never know what's really happening and then of course i love you mentioned that. some of i do you, i do mention so so i don't i don't i don't know i just wonder if like my view of the world has come back into vogue that's what i'm just wondering is like and then I like Swift. Swift has got a lot of static
1: typing. I really like that yeah, too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, um, most of those languages do. You know, the, your traditional, you know, C and, and most compiled languages are are going to be. I don't know going who is the
0: path. who is the definitive language builder these days. I guess we'd have to go ask them. Like, it feels like static typing. Oh, I hope static typing wins. I, I, I just I'm always on that team. I'm on team static
1: typing. So I, I think I think we're <laughs> divided here. You are. A movie I, person, I've done both, are. and you know I'm. I'm flexible, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> which I guess that means I'm not pro static typing, being flexible. Um, but yeah, I I there are definitely a lot of benefits to it. Um quick I, sidebar on this. Like, really, why why do we have to wait to the
0: runtime to find the error? Like, why is it ever a good thing? Like I, that's I guess is my only my own question about the whole thing. Like why? Why why, well, why don't I, just I tell think, me I think, yeah. just tell me when I'm writing the code, I don't I'm I've done something wrong.
1: That's what I like. I I, I don't think I don't think the problem is usually um at compile time, I think it's usually you're running into some data you weren't expecting, right? So, you know, when you go to JavaScript and you're like, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, one plus one, it's like, oh, that's two. And you're like, one Mm -hmm. plus F. And it's like, ah, you know, it just, you know, you know, here's a Unicode cow. I mean, you never know (laughs) what you're going to get when you start having, you know, uh, static, you know, dynamic typing um, because people will send inputs that you don't expect. And so that's a whole class of bugs that You know, it happens, but the, you know, the flip side of course is like, sometimes that's kind of cool, you know, being able to take things and cast them to other, uh, you know, other things, or, or if you're processing text and you know that you want to turn it into an integer, that, that kind of stuff. So that there is definitely a space for, um, for these things, but uh, yeah. There's a time and a place for everything, I guess. It it, it seems like, you know, even convention is, winning out in a lot of things, you know, Python has strong conventions about formatting, you know, Ruby doesn't. Um, And, you know, people like would hate on the Python's white spaces. Like I kind of liked it, you know, because it just, it meant that whenever you dropped into somebody's code, you could figure things out. Um, And I've heard that about Rust, you know, it's like, you know, all Rust kind of looks the same after a while and, you know, definitely go, you know, uh, there's a lot of pre-processing and, you know, post-processing and, Things just kind of, because I mean, you you were there back in the days when when uh, we worked at uh, a Java shop, and and the two different managers had different opinions about code formatting, and they'd go and change it after hours. I mean, stupid stuff like that doesn't need to happen anymore. Let's just move on to solving our problem.
0: Well, I'll save us from this rat hole. We're not gonna. We won't determine the the. Uh, I don't know what is best now. And honestly, I I've been away from the game. So my all my all my knowledge is dated. I just know what I like. So I we'll see. All right. So TypeScript, static typing. Again, it's it's one, JavaScript's two. So you know, it's as they say in the report, it it seems like it's easy enough to convert JavaScript over. And if you want to add static typing, great. Then you're you're a good friend there, Ruby, of course, right? That's uh, yeah. that's on there. Now the one that jumped out is uh HCL, right? So that's the HashiCorp configuration language. Uh, is in the top ten. So I was like, "Wow, that's like pretty impressive for for a company just to be like." Because again, like I don't know, you know, not really debating whether it's a programming language because like your tools are your tools, but just the, the fact that it's in the top ten has to like you have to feel like if you're HashiCorp, like you've really done something well. And I guess my question on um, what your thoughts on Matt is like, does that just mean like is this just a, a way of saying well Terraform's winning? Like Terraform's just used like massively everywhere. Is that all that's really uh, means?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... Yeah, that that that's exactly what it means. I mean, when you when you start talking about DevOps languages, you're like, well, what do you know? DevOps engineers use in their day to day, and you know, Terraform is incredibly popular, and so HCL is a specification for you know, it's a HashiCorp language, um, and so uh, it's the standard. All right, so
0: I think HashiCorp, so we should all go long on HashiCorp then. They're going to be around. If you're in the top 10, right, you're, because that's the other thing they say is like, you know, basically you, um, to reach the top 25, a language needs to be used in over 150,000 workflow runs. Uh, to reach the top 10 requires millions. So it just kind of gives you a sense of the scale of this data set. So I was like, wow, like if you're in the top 10 and you're the only, I'm just double checking. I don't, I'm not messing up anything. They're basically the only vendor specific, I guess Swift is, uh, yeah, I guess, Swift. I guess that's 12. So, but still I was like, wow, that's just like, I don't know. It's just a way to think. I guess the way I've seen what, thinking is, what it is, is Apex? Like, I don't know that one. Mm, I don't know that one either. Hey, if you don't know, I definitely don't know it, Matt. So I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, so I think that's just, it is a good proxy though. I was like, I guess as an investor, you'd be like HashiCorp, incredibly sticky, if nothing else, like if you're used this much, you're not going anywhere, right? Like you're going to be well, around for a long time. And, and that's, like, that's I guess that's what I'm project saying. Acorn will, wants to be that. Right. it's true so we should add that like yeah do we see acorn i don't know if it would ever show up in this list but do we see in the equivalent um isn't how applications it, I, I mean are is it, isn't
1: kotlin a vendor language yeah you know, yeah i mean is that this yeah i guess that's true android that's java another one it's a google
0: thing right so and then also like on here uh the uh uh, Jupyter Notebooks as well. So that's kind of interesting. So I think that was another one. And then what else? Anything else? Anything else catch your... Uh, of course, we see Docker files kind of there at the bottom, but that's, that's not surprising. Any of the other languages jump out at you as interesting?
1: Um, The, you know, C and Rust bringing up the, the end of the list. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> it seems like C does not... I don't know. I don't know much about Rust. I haven't really... I've not been handling it. Like, yeah, C does not seem like something as a DevOps engineer it doesn't lend itself well to those tasks but uh, but that's still a pretty a lot though still be using a lot
1: yeah well i mean the the the, the problem is like like to me it is like i started right you know things that people do with ruby or python today is like i used to do those in c a long time ago and so it's like yeah it was the wrong tool <laughs> but but you know it, it, you know why uh and and how come bash isn't on here that's the
0: real... <laughs> well, they should just probably have the command line, right, in general. Yeah. I think they, have, well, they have, to have, like, shell on here or something, right? Yeah. Does that count as... Uh,
1: maybe no. Oh, there it is, shell, 12. Yeah, okay. so
0: that's on there. I mean, it's kind of in the middle. That seems like where it'll always be, right? It should never be number one, but it should never be lower than probably, like, the 50% mark. Right. So, Now, we did get a little... uh A little update here from uh, one of our uh, listeners on the chat. They say Apex is Salesforce. That's Salesforce's uh, thing. So, okay. I have not used that as well. So that seems, but that would make sense, right? That's pretty successful. I think our net net of this is like automation is working, right? People are writing a lot of (laughs) automation. Like was that, I don't know. Was that ever in doubt? Uh, No, no,
1: not not at all. I'm just glad they didn't call JSON a uh, programming language.
0: (laughs) But they did call HTML one. So we're going to get emails on that, you know, <laughs> so it's like, I, you know, it is interesting if you just, I think maybe they should just say tools, like going forward, or just like, what's the most generic way, like what, what tools, what, I don't know,
1: what do you call it. Like, because wh- that's all that really matters. It's like, I mean, l- language kind of makes sense. It's what, what are you expressing things in? And, you know, of course, th- that would change the list up. Uh, number one would be YAML. Number two would be JSON. All
0: right. Well, that whole list—I'll uh, put a link into it, and uh, I'll make sure that the uh, sh- at least the uh, chapter art—you can see all the languages, and you can uh, figure it out. And of course, you can, uh, you know, weigh in on, uh, you know, tell Matt if uh, why he's wrong, and that static typing is is the only way of the future. So, everyone, please tweet that at Matt Ray. I would appreciate. Yes, that. please. All right, Matt. Well, listen. While the world is automating, you know, uh, things to run, let's talk about something you and I really think is important. Here is like. What is the best way to deal with all these CSV files that we have to do in our day jobs? Let's 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 put the real engineering to the side for the moment and let's talk about you know what I like to call, think of this uh, is the building, real engineering building your MBRs, getting your pricing right, you know, getting making sense of some arbitrary piece of data that you were sent and someone wants to know something. So you've been given a CSV file, and I've been looking into this more because I'm always like, well, what is the best way? to actually figure out uh, how to make sense of these. And this week, I think, was the official Microsoft Excel World Championships. That's mostly around financial modeling. But if you would like to see people do things with Excel that you did not think were possible, uh, you should watch a few of these videos. How far did you make it? You said you made it, what, a couple minutes into one? <laughs> did you even like, survive I, I, a whole, I watched a whole about, round?
1: I, I did not. I, I I was like, I watched the intro and like, wow, they actually have people... Announcing this, and then I jumped in a little bit to see, uh, you know, what kind of what was happening, and uh, and then I was like, This is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, <laughs> and I say I. that I say that as somebody who you know, uh, these days has Excel open a lot more than uh, previous. Okay, all right, well, let's
0: let, let's we'll do our own little uh, uh, discussion here then. Like, how, how do we make sense of CSE? So, I think the classic way, right. That most people start is like you just import the thing into Excel, you double click on it, double click, and you just say open with Excel, and then Excel will open it up. And then you kind of like, then this is sort of like, I think, you know, version one is maybe you have some type of header, and you just manually look at it and delete, you know, the five lines, uh, five rows at the top that are the header. And then you just kind of start manually going through and like, okay, just format the data types. That's sort of like, you know, that's, level that's zero, my, right? That's my
1: wheelhouse. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's level zero. And then, okay. But then you're like, well, some of the columns, they have like some kind of, you know, concatenated thing. They have like a product name plus uh SKU number plus whatever. Right. So then you, uh, you're like, you created a sheet of like uh, raw data, and then you create, like, another sheet of, like, normalized data, and you go through and you start applying some type of Excel function to, like, trim or split or separator, uh, right?
1: Th- no, kay? not right. Because what I'm going to do is, You're like, not
0: doing I this? What, what are you doing, no, I'm, not. Is, I'm talking this is level one import CSV. What are you doing? You're not even doing that? You're on to something Arc. different? Arc. Okay, so you're immediately into your own command line. Is that so that's yeah, what you're doing?
1: Yeah, I I I got my startup on CSV consumption with awk and okay. said, and so I'm I'm gonna like hit this thing with you know I want field seven, my delimiter is a comma, and uh-huh. I'm gonna split that and you know do this to it, and that's just because that's how I started. I, okay, I so you're never, ahead I never you're, learned you're, how to do it in Excel. Okay, so you're jumping ahead and to just write your own script. I don't know if that's ahead. That's just off in the well, weeds, I don't right? know. I think it's more
0: advanced. Like you're gonna write a pre processing script, in this case in awk and said, right? Just command line utilities that's going but to like I'm, get I'm,
1: I'm sure Excel does it.
0: Yeah. I know, but like this is my whole point. There's a thousand ways. I just, I think we're walking up the chain. So your that's your your method is the Matt Ray method is like I'm gonna have my own pre processing script. I'm gonna clean it all up, and then you import it into Excel. Is that your workflow? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah, all right i like sure. that now if it gets too complicated and, and, a... and i might you uh-huh. know i
1: might sanitize my delimiters i might change them to something else yeah okay like it okay so, so all then right it becomes, so that's you know, a, a tsv or you know emoji sv okay all right so it's
0: solid but it obviously requires some expertise maybe not everyone has those expertise to well the the, the
1: the reason the reason i end up in awk is because i like you know I'm not going to say how many years ago, back, back when I got started. that's what you know, like, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, you know, I was like, I have, I have a, a, you know, home directory bin directory that has like awk scripts from, you know, the nineties that all I do is, you know, go in and change like two lines and now it'll process this thing, you know? So I'm, I'm just like, you know, cargo culting what I've done the last, you know, 20 plus years, uh, just cause I know it works. Well, Matt, right. Have you put all this on
0: GitHub for us? Like where, where's the repository <laughs> where we can get access no. to the secret library?
1: The, the the things and the bin directory are so many like one-off bizarre scripts. They are not on GitHub. Um, that's
0: what I like to call too good for GitHub, which, which is, means exactly the opposite. <laughs> or of says, or, or right? the it's shame like, no, of, of I, having,
1: of having do it.sh. I feel or, like that's you know, a product
0: line we should invent. Like, you know, it's like the shameful GitHub. It's like, I uh, listen, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to put it out here anyway. Like that would actually be, that would be what I would want it's maybe that 's stack over though, right where it 's like well that 's where you go to get all the stuff you 're not really supposed to do it, but if you just want something that works fast, just go get it there i think I think we should have like a what what would you say like a no um a no judgment uh github right where it 's like you just put it up there what you have like you, no one 's going to judge it's, but, it's fine yeah. I like that I like that okay all right, so you have that way now there 's this other thing that i 've been uh I've stumbled onto power query. I don't know if you've ever used it. So this is from Microsoft because now Microsoft, like this is the thing, the place that's always a little weird. It's like definitely can get stuff into Excel. You can definitely do this, these tricks into like normalizing the data, but like there's always a step and what you're doing with the script is like, gosh, I just wish in Excel sometimes I could like, you know, if you will clean up the data as part of the import process. And there are some things that you can do, but it looks like power query from Excel has this nice state where basically it pulls it up and it lets you do all the transformations and if you will sort of like a WYSIWYG low-code environment um, to actually do this and you can even do it so that you just like every time a new CSV is thrown in a directory it will just happen and there's a short video you can watch and sort of and
1: I think I think that's why I've never really latched on to like becoming an Excel power user. It's because it'd be like, well, you're using it on, you know, Windows 95 or you're using it on, you know, Mac OS. And like the features would be different between the versions. And so, you know, like I, you know, cause my wife used to do a lot more. Well, she still does a lot with Excel. And so she'd be like, oh, how do I do this? You know, I, I used to do this on Windows. How do I do it on Mac OS? It was like, I don't know. And then you know you'd Google around for it and like, oh, that was a feature and you know the Windows twenty seventeen version that never shipped for Mac OS or you know, weird stuff like that. And then you know, Office 365 throws the whole thing into a blender too. So it's like I don't know. I yeah, just so kind let of me get scared away what, from
0: power features. All right, let me update you on this. So I found this because I was like, oh, I was like, oh, this is kind of what I want. Something like lets me kind of do, you know, a little bit more on the import side. And of course, like the power query stuff is not available in the Mac OS uh Excel version, right? It's or it's not of exactly course. the same, right? And it's yeah. like, and then I always come back to like, why does Microsoft hate the Mac Excel user so much? It's like Mac Excel is it's just like it it kind of works, but it doesn't really do the good stuff. And it's just yeah. like, why? Why? why yeah, but you know it? what does
1: the good stuff everywhere? Awk.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. So listen, <laughs> if you haven't checked out Power Query, I think watching the video is cool because that was another one. So then I was, all right. The other thing that has now risen on the scene is kind of back to our last discussion here is uh, uh, the uh, Jupyter Notebooks, right? So that's like the new way. Is like the new way is like, no, no, no. Don't look at the data inside a spreadsheet. Is you basically if you will, think about the algorithms and how you can manipulate the data, and then you just interact with it in uh, a Jup- Jupyter notebook. Now, have you had any experience here? Have you played with this at all? No,
1: no, but I I, I do find it interesting what I understand it to be, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't deal with it. All right, let
0: time. me tell you, I think it's worth doing a couple of tutorials on because it does have, I think you'll like it, Matt, because it's basically the ability in Python to pull in CSV files or Excel files directly and then kind of do anything, right? Yeah. You can do, and you get a nice, if you will, once it's already in there, you essentially, if you will, you just have a little database, right? And it's very, it's, it's a lot, of, especially if you have a lot of data, it's like, oh, okay, now it's in here and I've normalized it the way I want. You can kind of just do anything. You can group and query and do it to your heart's delight. And it's the kind of stuff that you can write a lot of different functions and things like that. And the thing that I like about it, and I wish this is sort of like the Excel I don't know if power query is the one that's going to do it, but like the idea that you can just take like a lambda, just t- write one function and be like, yeah, just do it to this whole row, right? Which is kind of the thing that you're doing in awk right? It's like, yeah, like, oh yeah, like cut this separator, change this, change the case of this, make this a number, and you can just write in like a normal programming language. Because that the one thing I hate is in Excel. It's like editing the incredibly long formulas to be like, trim this, then do this. It's like because it's like you're stuck in that little window, right? You can box, never like. Yeah. You can never so so that's I don't know in my world in a future world I want these to come together I almost want to be like okay uh, Microsoft so I'm going to write a little Python function or anything it doesn't I guess it should be uh, TypeScript right whatever the most popular is it's like I just want to write this function and I want you to apply this whole thing to this one row for me and I guess they would tell me that's what Power Query is going to do but it's it's not happening I can't get it on my Mac so I've been playing around with the, the Jupyter notebooks I think it's worth you, you know you trying it out. Um, but I still think, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about before. It's like here we are 60 plus years into CSV files, and there still isn't <laughs> like the right way. You know what I mean? It's like everything is sort of good, but not quite the way that we want it. And I think you, Matt, I want you to fix it for me, right? And that's <laughs> what I want you to do. I was going to yeah. throw out some other ones. It sounds like you already gave away yours, but I thought for sure you'd have some kind of Emacs. Like you'd be like, well, I did this thing in Emacs. Is that like, because no, no, like Visual I, Studio also has, like, you know how you can do the multi-line edits. So sometimes you can just like, you know, it, grab
1: it and just like multi-line edit and delete a deliminator no, here e- and there. Emacs definitely has that. I, I usually keep that processing back at the CLI so I don't muck it up inside of an editor.
0: Well, the other thing that's coming out here that people have mentioned uh, on in the chat here is like, and maybe this is my own, this limitation is like everyone else is saying is like, well, really, what, I'm, what we're describing here is interactions with a database. So, so maybe maybe in the end, we should just go back to our learning the database skills and writing SQL and just like create a, data, a proper database ta- table, right? But like, that always feels like a step too far. Like, it's just like, I oh. I just don't have time to, like, I don't have time to do that as if I have time to, like, mess with all this other stuff I'm doing. So I don't know, maybe in the end, it's like right tool, right job. Just just embrace the database. Everyone uh, download MySQL and just start running no, it locally. No, every Everything is a nail. Find yourself some good hammers and nail them all. All right. Well, we'll, we'll do that. So, okay. All right. Well, listen, I'd like to hear in the Software Defined Talk Slack, or if uh, people want to write in, like, I would like Advice. I bet you this crowd, I, if you have a, a fancy way to process CSV files that we haven't mentioned that you think is better than uh, all the bad approaches that we went over, I'd like either email us, uh, put us on Twitter, tell us the right ones, send us other utilities. Uh, maybe matt will share some of his secret scripts with us and you know we can uh, all comment on how good those are so um that's what's going on all right matt the final thing we're going to talk about this week is is just say uh, passwords evidently passwords still a problem it sounds like microsoft had a problem this week uh with employee logins and then cisco also confirmed um that so i i, I don't i think we've said everything we can say about passwords it's like this is bad right? It's just like, it's passwords never going to be fixed until we get rid of passwords. Passwords are bad. Yep. So everyone, uh, if you haven't in, in enabled two-factor authentication, uh, and if you haven't done that, just go change your password everywhere. That's what I would do. Immediately go change all your passwords. Um, all right, Matt. Well, listen, uh, if you want a sticker, Matt, how would you get a sticker?
1: Me? I'd send an email to stickers at com, And uh, I bet they'd ship me one no matter where I lived. Yep. As long as you, uh,
0: included your postal address, always need that, always need the postal address and I'd be happy to do that. Also, uh, wanted to just uh, give a quick shout out. I went out as I mentioned earlier to, uh, the cloud Austin meetups, like the first time I've been to a meetup, like the live one in, I don't know, a long time. So it was good seeing, I think they had over 200 people. It was the dog days of DevOps. So it was like, uh, I think there were like 10, five minute talks. So it was good to see lots of different people there. Lots of some of the people uh, listen to the show, Laura, who's, uh, one of the co-hosts of uh, the podcast with JJ. Uh, they were there or she was there. She did a great job as kind of hosting the whole event. Uh, I thought I'd give a quick shout out. One of the sponsors was Amazon, you know, small company out of Seattle. Hopefully they're doing okay. Uh, they were a sponsor of the event and they're going to be doing a hiring event here in Austin. So if you're in Austin on August 23rd and click the link in there, you can go down there. I think it's going to be their SRE team and a lot of people. So if you're looking for a job, there's another, another place to uh, go meet some people. As far as conferences, uh, we're gonna have the Software Defined Talk uh, meet up next week. We're gonna be over at uh, the uh, Pine House, have some uh, some pizza, maybe some beers. So the invite uh, is in the show notes. So just click on it and you can register. Uh, also, uh, you know, Software Defined Talk, we're an official media sponsor of QCon in October. So like, is if people needed to know, go. to go to qcon register for that and then uh kote of course has got like a million different things going on and he's uh, gonna be at dfw and he's gonna be in spring one platforms and all kinds of stuff so all the conferences listen to the show notes check that out now matt having said all that what is your recommendation this week
1: um my recommendation this week is tail scale uh so i i it's been popping up a lot of places lately and uh they must be making uh the big media push i guess, but. Um, i you know seen them recommended lots of different places, including recently over on the the cloudcast podcast uh and so I installed it this morning. everything just worked uh put my laptop on uh off my phone instead of on the local network I was able to connect to my local network boxes it just works that's pretty cool um so definitely uh, check out tailscale if you're looking uh for Um, kind of a universal VPN connectivity uh, everywhere. Um, And then uh, my other uh, two picks are uh, I've got a a pair of uh, races I'm signed up for. I'm doing the beach to beach 13K in two weeks. And this is the best named uh, event, the Festival of the Feet. Uh, I'm doing the half marathon uh, next month. So uh, uh, I did the City to surf last week went went very well so hopefully uh, some of y'all will uh, in the Sydney area join me for some of these runs
0: all right sounds good i getting in shape with uh, Matt Wright. so actually the weather's probably getting a little bit warmer there now is a nice is uh, a good, uh, good yeah, running it's, weather
1: it's almost spring it's perfect running weather all right, all right. We'll check it out. Go find Matt Ray.
0: See if you can uh, beat his uh, his. I guess well his half marathon time. I thought I thought it was gonna be like a five k, but okay, half marathon. So You guys are really pulling it together there. Um. All right, my recommendation this week is another audio book. Uh, it's called uh, Pyrenees. It's uh, I won't say much about it. I think it was recommended to me. I thought it was interesting. I'll just say it's uh, it's about a person making sense of a new world. So I think maybe it's the kind of thing. Uh, if you're interested in it, it's probably better to just go in blind and start reading and try to figure out what's going on. So it's a fun, fun listen when you're uh, maybe on your long runs, riding your bike, doing your dishes, whatever. I'm always looking for good audio books. And so, all right. Well, if you made it to the end, that is great news for us. I'm glad you listened to Software Defined Talk. And um, we'd love hearing all the feedback in the software defined talk Slack. So definitely go to software defined talk.com and you'll see links to everything to the Slack. You'll see uh links to all the show notes and all of our previous episodes. And with that, we will talk to you next week.
1: Goodbye. You're on mute, Matt. Now I'm going to go back. My tr- back check myself.
0: <laughs> all right. Did we miss anything else in the, uh, in the chat here? Did you else say anything? I think we're good. All right. All right. Well, listen. Hey, we appreciate everyone uh, hanging in on the chat and those in Austin. If, uh, if you're interested, you know, definitely go check out the Eventbrite invite. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll do some pizza next week. Cote will be in town.